This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Beck, it's Pat and Stu. Welcome to it. Uh, so, Rand Paul's running for president. Yeah, his announcement uh, is it, has it happened yet? I know it's coming up. Uh, I think I, moments away. They it's said moments Can away. We take some of that or no? What's, what are the odds of that? What are the odds? Zero percent. What? Zero percent. Really? Thank are you for zero percent. I appreciate really? your full. Uh, this is the, our director. Zero percent. Your it full effort. To be your, I don't know. Uh, is it eighteen thirty six? It is 1836, and we we just have no capability to do no satellites. What about like just popping, like putting up an iPhone next to a camera? Can we do that? What about just take it live? Clicking a link on Twitter. How about that? (laughs) What about that? We'll work on that. Okay, good. Uh, Anyway, I think we have an idea of what uh, he's. Well, we have an idea because he said the words, I am running for president. (laughs) Well, that's a minor minor thing. Um, Yeah. That is. uh, That gave me an idea that maybe. He is running for president. See, I didn't, I didn't, didn't get, get that, that from it. No, okay. you know. I mean, but, it was subtle. Well, it was I, subtle. you had to read it be, between the lines. What does he mean by "I am running for president"? Did he say? Did he mean "I am not running for president"? It's a good question. I just forgot the word "not." I don't. We'll know. find out in the speech in just moments. So we we're going to carry you live from my iPhone. Uh, <laughs> he's running for president to return our country to the principles of liberty and limited government. Libertarian-oriented senator, set to formally kick off his White House bid at the Galt House in Louisville. Uh, the announcement's official slogan will reportedly include a vow to defeat the Washington machine. That is so fresh. <laughs> well, I, you know, I mean, I think... <laughs> wow. That's uh, fresh. Again, as I'm we covered today fresh. on radio, you're not exactly the biggest Rand Paul fan. However, I do think he does bring that probably more than most candidates... Uh, and that he's doing things differently. He's doing like this weird combination of things where he's, he seemingly has viewpoints that are against the machine, that are against uh-huh. the establishment, that are against Washington. But then his actions are very much in the establishment. It's an interesting sort of combination and different than his dad, I think, is the most uh, obvious thing. I mean, you think that he'd look at the, this career of his dad who was pretty well known by the end of his career, uh, but really could never get anywhere because everybody, I don't know if they hated his guts, but, you know, they just, they never worked with the guy. Yeah, they weren't, they didn't like him a lot because he was the Constitution's best friend. I've I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that from him. They were its worst enemy, Mm -hmm. and he was the Constitution's best friend. And so uh, I think they resented him for that because of the relationship that he and the Constitution had with each other. I think that uh, I think that turned off the other congressman. The, the I, jealous? <laughs> yeah. I think and honestly, like jealousy. There, let's put yeah. it this way: Ron Paul, <clears throat> uh, Constitution's best friend, with benefits. 
Mm-hmm. They were hooking up mm-hmm. <laughs> the entire time. Oh, they were hooking up. Uh, they walked hand in hand there. out of the archives often. Oh. <laughs> often. <laughs> um, you know, and it's true though. I understand the idea. I kind of wish that, like, if Rand Paul had gone, let's say he's gone a hundred percent towards the establishment. Let's just say, make up making up a number. If he had gone thirty percent towards the establishment, I'd be completely fine with it. It's just that he's gone so far and has done it so many times in a row that it makes me un- uncomfortable. The, I mean, the Mitch yeah. McConnell thing is the biggest example of this, but there's been several. Uh, you know, yep. he, he, I understand that um, his relationship with uh, Harry Reid. Harry Reid was troublesome. Is, you know, some of his some of his policies, obviously, we haven't necessarily agreed with. However, there's you know, I, I get we get hung up on this because we have Ted Cruz. And Ted Cruz seems so good on so many issues and has never been – there's never been an issue where I've been like, oh, that he's way off base on this. So uh, we tend to grade him on this curve where Ted Cruz is there. If you take Ted Cruz out of this field, uh, and maybe, you know, there's a couple other guys you might still like better, but he, there is a lot to like Rand Paul. I mean, Rand, Paul, Rand Paul's budget was <clears throat> 5,000 times better than Paul Ryan's budget, for example. Yep. Um, way better. I mean, he, he was proposing cuts that, uh, you know, it would be hard to imagine he could actually get done. But if anyone's going to get it done, it's probably going to be him or Ted Cruz. Um, so I, there are things that I do like about him. Um, you know, It's going to take somebody really bold, too. Yeah. It, it can't be somebody who says, well, okay, everybody go back to your department and see if maybe you could possibly cut perhaps... Uh, Half of 1% out of your budget. Right. See if there's, I don't know, 38 cents you can take out of there somewhere. It's got to be substantial to save the country. If what you were saying was true, I'd actually be thrilled. The (laughs) issue is that they're they're not not. saying don't cut cut 38 cents. They're saying just don't add 90 trillion, add 89 trillion. You know, like it is, most people don't even go that far. And and Rand does, Ted Cruz does. There's a few that do. I mean, Scott Walker is, is pretty good on this. Uh, he, you know, he's he's done a good job, and he's got a good track Wisconsin. record with yep. the, the state he runs. Yep. So uh, uh, yeah, there's some good there's some good candidates. They see at least right now they yep. seem really good. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a decent field. Um, you know, and between Ted Cruz, who's obviously at the top of my list, and Rand Paul, and Scott Walker, and maybe even Marco Rubio. You've got some guys, and if Rick Perry gets into the discussion, yeah, he's there. You've got five guys right there who are, you know, I don't have to hate my choice. <laughs> yes, you know? what did I, what, you said it uh, earlier on the program. Um, this could be the first time in thirty years we don't have the lesser of two evils. Yeah, and it's like that's an amazing thing to consider. Uh, Even two thousand for me, I wasn't a big George Bush fan. I fell in love with him probably after nine eleven. You know yeah, when he was yeah. w- when he was acting so uh, strong uh, against the, the the terrorists who, t- who took down the twin towers, but before that, it was like, okay, this guy's another moderate. Yeah, I, it's I, another moderate. I confess to not. I mean, I was early on in my career. I mean, that was the first. That was when we first started doing yeah. talk radio, and I don't know that I was. I mean, you were well ahead of me as far as understanding. I think well, the you nuance. were like twenty-two or something. <laughs> yeah. But what, I mean, I got as a twenty-two. Year I was old, pretty though. passionate about George W. Bush in that, particularly in that first election, and I think a lot of that had to do with just, you know, to me at that point it was Bush versus Gore. 
You know, I, I, yeah. I, hadn't, I don't yeah. think I had gone as deep philosophically as we kind of later did. I understood general, general, generally what I believed, but, I, you know, it, it takes time, you know. Mm. You, and then you, the battle came down to Florida. And then the I was, time, like, I couldn't have been more passionate once chase, that happened. Yeah, it was yeah. the hanging True. sheds and all that stuff. I mean, I was into it. Uh, <laughs> but, you're, you, but I, and I did like, the other thing was the, the primary didn't offer an option I mean, there was Steve Forbes, but like I don't think he ever was a, a guy who Forbes was a, is a moderate. Yeah, and, and, and outside of the you know tax sort of stuff, he's not yeah. a hardcore conservative. No, but I mean the choice really came down to McCain. Bush or McCain, right? Which I mean to me, I was like uh, Bush. Please, Bush is yeah, way better. Give than McCain. me George W. Bush. Yes, but you're right though. I mean, you go back to Reagan. You really do, and, and you have to. until you see a choice that's that mm-hmm. stark and obvious uh, for conservatives, and I think this time you you may very well have that. Um, you may have three or four people in that category, or maybe even five, uh, and you and you will also have others in that general vicinity who are Republicans, um, but uh, but still way too moderate. But I mean, you look at like look mm-hmm. at two, look at two uh, two thousand eight versus today. Uh, if if it came down to George uh, G- Jeb Bush and John McCain, there's enough difference there that I can say that Jeb Bush is since you know sincerely better. Than John McCain, I don't want Jeb Bush as president, and I, I don't want anything close to him. But like the difference between Lindsey Graham and Jeb Bush, there's space there that mm-hmm. I, I mean considerably better. And for a long time, our choice has basically been Jeb is as good as you get. Right. You know, Jeb. If you think Jeb, Jeb is roughly equal to George W. Bush, I mean, I, I think that's probably a fair thing. And we haven't had anyone as conservative as George W. Bush even. Uh, I don't think, I mean, Mitt Romney was probably around that area, a, a better communicator, but, you know, probably around that area as far as conservatism goes. And John McCain was obviously probably the most moderate candidate that has been run by the Republican Party in God knows how long. Speaking of Jeb, uh, he, back in 2012, you know, the big deal uh, yesterday was that he, uh, on his voting form, I guess it was, in 2009, filled himself out, yeah. identified as a Hispanic. Yeah. Well, back in 2012, at the Hispanic Leadership Network, he said this. After I met her, I got interested in Latin America for some odd reason uh, and got a degree in Latin American studies, and my whole life became more orientated towards this. So if Bill Clinton is the first black president, I'm definitely the first Cuban, at least, or (laughs) Latino governor of the state of Florida. But that also proves he wasn't actually trying to, to... Yeah. mislead on the forums. I mean, right. he's, uh, he's joking about it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know my what he did on that forum, but... I've been accused of being a policy nerd. My interest is really something a lot more profound. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything to this. However, I don't understand why this keeps happening to politicians. You know, Elizabeth Warren is the obvious example. I mean, here's somebody who... Uh, you know, identified as a Native American. Jeb is identifying as a Hispanic on forms. I, I, it's possible, maybe if you went through all my forms, at some point I identified it as an Asian, I don't, but I don't remember it. I don't know why it would happen. I can't imagine being that poor at filling out a form. <laughs> that you, you know, it's kind of strange. And you, you wonder, I just don't know what the advantage is. The advantage for Elizabeth Warren was a little bit more clear-cut. Um, I don't know what the advantage for Jeb Bush on a voter yeah, no, registration I, form would be. To there's not much to it. There's really not much to it, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, apparently there's a ready-for-Hillary fire sale now going on. 50% off the uh, champagne glasses, pro-Hillary super PAC. Uh, ready for Hillary, getting set for the Democratic presidential uh, candidate to officially enter the presidential race 
Uh, the group sent out an email to supporters announcing a 50% off sale on whiskey glasses, mason, mason jars, and champagne glasses. You can get a set of four champagne <laughs> glasses for $25. What a bargain. Wow. What a bargain. And uh, four, four whiskey glasses, too. Mm. The mason jars are only $10.08 uh, for a set of four. $10.08? So, man. That's a weird price. <laughs> it is. That's the best we can do. They could we not go to $10. We can't come down. We can't come down to no, 10 Those $0.08 cents are just too important to the future <laughs> of this uh, company. Now, is, is the idea here, is this a news story because the thought is she's about to announce, so we are no longer going to be ready for her, so we better get rid of this, uh, this merchandise? Is that uh, the I think thought? That's, I think that's the thought, yeah. And she's raising money. You know, she's trying to get some cash flowing through her campaign. I'm guessing she's having a tough time. No right kidding. Now. You think? She's having a tough time. This she's also still... might be a thing where this is a fire sale because she's going to pull the plug and say no. Okay, that's take another the, way of looking at take it. Take the yeah. kanks and go back home. <laughs> take the kanks? <laughs> I don't know if that's an official term. Oh, yeah, that's her new term. Okay, is it? we're taking, taking the, the kanks, kanks and, and we're going, going home. home. Uh, I, uh, you know, it's interesting. Her polling is still as solid as ever. She's still beating every Republican candidate. she's still candidate 50 points or so ahead? Yep, in, in, the, in the Democratic primary, wow. still 50 points ahead. Even in when you face her off against all these Republicans, she beats them easily. Um, I mean, there's just a new slew of uh, polls that came out uh, yesterday, I believe, that had her up, you know, 10, 12 points over people like Ted Cruz and Scott Walker. And I mean, it's just not right now. I, I just think that nobody's put any thought into this outside of us. Um, you know, you, I was watching the, the John Oliver um, uh, thing, this guy who does the, the new John Stewart, who's English on HBO, that guy. Mm-hmm. And because he did an interview with Edward Snowden, an exclusive interview, and I wanted to watch it. Um, first of all, uh, you guys can give some time off for, with your editors because every single question was so heavily edited. I couldn't even watch the stupid interview. It's like, wow. it, you know, it's, it's, it's Edward Snowden. Like, I actually wanted to see the interview and see what he's going to say. This is kind of a big deal, and it's like a good get. But they tried to trim down what seemed like an hour-long interview into, to a minute. Every single question was cut off, and they were, like, cutting it. It's like, guys, let it breathe a little bit. Uh, it was really frustrating to watch to me. But um, beyond that, uh, he, uh, he is a, you know, he was talking about, um, um, uh, where was I going with this? this uh, now I've lost it. Going into the stupid editing talk. <laughs> Crap. Uh, we were talking about Hillary. Mm-hmm. We were talking about... Mm-hmm. We're the only ones that oh, care. Oh, here it is. Yeah, here it is. So at one point, they're, they're talking, uh, John Oliver's talking, he's trying to pitch to his audience that obviously has not been following the news at all. Um, hey, you need to care about this surveillance thing. Okay. I mean, he's, uh, he, he would agree with us, essentially, on surveillance at this point. Um, and so he's going out and he's like, well, you know, you, if you think people uh, have a handle on this issue, we decided to take our cameras to Times Square and talk to people about who Edward Snowden is. And all they were asking is, who is Edward Snowden? Uh, and they said about half of the people had no idea, never heard the name before. Now, this is, like, we're talking base-level debate stuff, right? As a talk radio listener, you just assume, even if you know logically they don't, but you assume that people are f- familiar enough with the biggest news stories of the day that they would know Edward Snowden's name, right? No. Mm-hmm. But half of them didn't even know his name. But half of them said... Uh, some effect of didn't he like steal documents or I think that's the guy who runs WikiLeaks. It was stuff like that where they were in the general vicinity of the news but right. didn't know. And it's like 
the debates that we have, which are these you know nuanced sort of debates of what part of surveillance is okay and what part isn't, are so like different than the way the average person thinks. Most people don't even know these debates are going on. And it's the same thing with Hillary. Like we go through these things where we're like these email, this email scandal. And you know, she didn't look at what she did with Benghazi. Seventy percent of this country has never heard any of this stuff. They don't even know that it's going on at all. They're like, oh yeah, didn't she have emails or something? I don't know what's going on with that. Oh yeah, wasn't there like she was what I bet you I bet you seventy percent of this country doesn't even know Hillary Clinton ever was Secretary of State. Let alone 70%. know the details of the Benghazi incident. I bet you 70% don't even know she ever served as Secretary of State. It's probably higher than that. That's sad. That's depressing. And so when you look at these polls this far out, it kind of gives you an inkling that, eh, look, it's not necessarily a commentary on how great Hillary is. No one's thought about this at all. There's probably 80%, 85% of the country still believes she's First Lady of the United States. <laughs> Probably <laughs> right. Depressing. Sad. Triple eight seven two seven back. Hey, you know what? This month you can save four hundred dollars. This is not depressing. On your very own <laughs> Harvest Right freeze dryer. Uh, all you have to do is call four eight hundred four zero one ninety five ninety seven. Now the deal is, these used to be used just for like industrial, uh, like industry, where they could uh, freeze dry large. Uh, yeah, and they like amounts of food. They like individually bag them and then sell them to you at a health food store or something. Yeah, and, you know that stuff's great, but it's like, wouldn't it? You know, you pay a fortune for it, of course. If you have something in your own home that you can do whatever food you want, whether it's a meal or it's uh, fruits or vegetables or potentially cherry cobbler ice cream, that maybe we've eaten a lot of, or the double chocolate 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 thing that we had as well. Oh, so good. good. We, we're, there's rumors so there's more food coming. And I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited. Uh, but uh, you, you, know, you can do whatever you want. And it saves for 25 years with all the taste and nutrition. It's a, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And it's changing the way people are preparing for the future. Well, yeah, you don't have to go out and buy big buckets of wheat anymore. Or beans. <laughs> right. our, our excitement was, hey, look at this big thing of rice I just bought. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, now you can have delicious food, reconstitute it. It tastes exactly the same as it did when you fr- froze, freeze dried it. So call 800 401. I almost say freeze, freeze dried. Fr- froze dried. Froze dried. 800 401 9597. Save $400. 800 401 or harvestright.com. What if there was a way you could know the future of the stock market, America, the world, even your own? What if there was a 3,000 year old mystery determining world events right now? One so precise it foretold the collapse of Wall Street down to the dates and hours, even the timing of 9 11. What if it foretells a coming calamity you can prepare for? The mystery of the Shemitah unlocked by New York Times best selling author Jonathan Kahn. This riveting DVD will forewarn you of what lies ahead. It may just change your life. Pat and Stu. You know, we're talking about the uh, presidential uh, candidates. Uh, We found out something really interesting this morning. I don't know if we mentioned this on the air or if it was just a discussion off the air. But uh, do you know that one, there has been one congressman to go directly from Congress to be elected president? From the House, right? From the House, yes. (laughs) The House of Representatives directly to the presidency. It's happened once. That was off the air. In the history of in the history of the country, and who is it? There have been two. It was James A. Garfield. There have been two congressmen to ever be congressmen 
and then eventually be, be elected president. I thought that number was two oh, elected. Yeah, because because Ford, Ford was appointed never elected. VP, and then mm. yeah, right, never elected. Never elected. Um, Lincoln, right? Lincoln mm -hmm. served in like ten years before he became president. Ten. Years, but then he before. was not elected from directly from not the directly. Yeah. The only one directly uh, was Garfield. Garfield, and he only served a short time before he was shot. So, it's I mean that's incredible. It is. That's incredible. It's almost impossible to go from the House of Reps to being president uh, of the United States. I'm not shot. sure why that is. That's why they won't run Richard Gephardt. That's why exactly. they why? will not run why Dick Gephardt. Why? Because he House of Representatives. And not, they won't run him for he president. He wouldn't be going directly. They he not done anything in multiple still, years. There's only been two. And they don't think he'll be the third. They, they just won't give him a chance. I tried to find the last time he commented <laughs> on something. It's been a long time. Really? So really we're going to we're gonna have to call him and get some comments and see if he would actually you know, <laughs> let's, let's consider throw all, all the weight of this show behind Richard together. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should. We have to. I'll, I'll call. I'll try to get a hold of him. Can, do, can we, like, run Dick <laughs> Run uh, posters? It's great. I think it would be fun. I like that. Just I pick like a random that. guy. Just like Isn't start. that a weird stat, though? I, I don't know yeah. why it's virtually impossible. Yeah, to go from the House there's, to There's president. that sense of that, you know, the Senate is a bigger deal than, than, <clears throat> yeah. than the House because obviously there's less people in it and it's, you know, the upper chamber. And it's like, I guess people just think, well, if, you know, if you're going to get to president, you should at least get to the Senate first. I don't know. Or a governor. Yeah. yeah. I mean, governor for sure. I mean, governor is the most logical thing. You're already the president of a state, you know. Quote, you're an quote. executive. You're an executive. You're at that level already. You've already done the job. So it makes a lot of sense to go from governor. And obviously we've had some that, with military experience, which there's some uh, crossover there. Certainly. Generals. Um, but yeah, so you, that's what you've had mostly. Yeah. You've had uh, senators, governors, and generals. And even senators is, is not a not super common huge, one. Yeah. I mean, obviously we've had a lot. You know, lately we've had obviously Obama, and we had uh, he was running against McCain in 2008. Right. Um, so one of the two was going was to get in there. But before that, you've got to go way back. Right? Okay, I mean, yeah. you're, you're going back to, what, Kennedy? I mean, you're going way back. Yeah, because, well, that was the argument, right? When Kerry was running, when he said yeah. uh, he was for that before he was against it or whatever. Right. It, that's what's going to kill the senators because they make deals for these laws. They make deals. Yeah. They make, there's stupid, uh, you know, that stupid procedural sort of nonsense that they go through all the day. Like, I'm voting against this one so we can get a vote on this one, which is going to stop closure on this one. And it's like all that crap that's so dumb mm -hmm. and complicated they that they do. Be, they all try to be friends. I mean, we, we've yep. heard with mm -hmm. Rand Paul and our boy Harry Reid and then yeah. Mike. Lee said this I think morning. It hurts him. Mike yeah. Lee said this morning he wanted to talk to Harry Reid first before deciding. He's a friend. Oh. oh, that that was oh. agonizing. Yeah, you did not like that moment. I did not like that moment. <laughs> did not like it. No. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. But you know who you need to turn to for really good insight into all of the day's news, and that's John Story. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you go to the comedian. Um, who, he's still on the air, right? Um, good. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Good. I, th I think he is. Good. Uh, and so he has. We can't lose his voice, Pat. We can't lose his Thank voice. Thank you. Even if Thank Trevor Noah starts it. doing the show, I, I want John Stewart just on YouTube or something, constantly mm -hmm. telling me what to think. Yeah. Just uh, stick a microphone in his face from CNN or MSNBC and have him on and get his get his opinion. Because you're right, Stu. We cannot lose his voice. It's too critical. And here's his voice on the Indiana law. You know, this is going to be genius. So when gays want equality, it's militancy. And when Christians want to deny service, it's freedom. See, those who are defending this sort of law, 
go very far out of their way to say how it's not discriminatory. If you're a, a, um, uh, a print shop and you, you are a, a gay man, should you be forced to print uh, God hates for the Westboro Baptist Church? If a KKK member comes in and says, I want a birthday cake made to celebrate the birth of the KKK, should a baker, regardless of the color of their skin, be able to say, I am not going to make that cake. I would think I would give the same right to a, a Jewish baker to not have to put a swastika on a bill. I'm not discriminating. I have nothing against gay people. I'm just saying, for some Christians, catering an elderly lesbian wedding is like making a Jew slow dance with Hitler. That's all I'm saying! He sucks. Oh, that is so that stupid. That is a terrible point. Do you That's, see no, how up that is. No, see, no, Basically, you, you see people celebrating love as a hate group. No, no one sees no. them as a hate group. You're just, God, it's just, so this is bad. what's so bad about this so show. Bad. It's so intellectually lazy. Yeah. Like, I, I, that is, what, none of the things he just said were true. None of them accurately represented the side of the argument that he's talking about. People are giving you, the reason why you give examples like that, that are extreme, is to prove the the concept. Right. It's to prove to idiots like you, <laughs> John Stewart, comparing that gays I, to yeah. Nazis. Right. It's it's to say that okay, wait a minute. Is there a, is there any? Re, do you have to get you in the boat here? Okay. Is there any circumstance in which you would say that someone would be able to to, uh, to say no mm-hmm. just to participate in a particular event? And of course, the answer to that is yes. But if you go down that road, then you're going to agree with us. So you have to just make fun of it. And like that's just a stupid, intellectually lazy and pathetic point. The, the, he knows exactly what's going on there. He's just trying to mock it so his stupid audience will, will cheer behind him. That's not a good point. No one is saying that gays getting married is a hate group. There's literally no one, nobody saying that. But the, the, the ultimate lazy way to try to win an argument like that, when you can't win it, and you're John Stewart, is to say, well, they're comparing gays to the KKK. No, they're not. They're giving you a ridiculous example to show you that it's possible to, that it makes sense for someone to say no to baking a cake for somebody. So once you agree to that, then you have to say, okay, well, is there a difference between these two situations? Yes, there obviously is. But that, that means you're drawing a line in which you're inserting your values into this equation. That's not what you get to do in this country. Mm-hmm. People get to have their own values. You don't get to make up their mind for them. That's the debate. But, of course, you get to, when you present it like that, you get to avoid the debate. It's like you go on the expressway and you just pass all the exits where you're supposed to have a logical conversation. Congratulations. Get out. I can't wait for this guy to be gone. He sucks. He's just from the perspective of being a crap heap of a show, that I can't <laughs> wait for him to go. It's just pathetic. That's, just, that's an awful argument. It, 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 yes, it is. And he, he makes awful arguments night after night okay. after night. And, and he's just a, he's a, he's a, a buffoon. A buffoon. And he Good does riddance. the same stinking thing every, every night. night. It's the same bit. Oh, I can't. I just can't. And then you have brilliance. Well, to the point that even he's bored with it. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, as evidenced by he's leaving. He's yeah. leaving a job where he's getting paid $30 million a year for no reason. He's that sick of himself. And just to show how, <laughs> you know, uh, non-biased he is, who is it that's going to miss this guy and has been crying in their beer ever since he announced? It's all the Democrats. Yeah, it's all the, of course. I, I mean, it's all the super progressive, oh, we can't lose John Stewart, oh my gosh, oh no, who's going to take over? For, oh good, we got an American hater 
uh, South African and go, okay, whew, thank you. Yeah, the, all the progressive care about is, do we have somebody who's going to bash American values on Comedy Central every night? Yes. Okay, good. Then now they're, they're ready to go with this new guy again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, hip-hop stars like Rihanna, uh, who's slamming in the Indiana RFRA as well at an Indiana concert. F that S, she said. There's not a lot you can say in that sentence, except for that. Uh, the other two <laughs> words you cannot say. Well, she also said, who's feeling these new BS laws that they're trying to pass over here? Which I think is, a, I think that's, a, I think that's an attempt at a sentence. I don't know that it is one, but I think it's an attempt at one. No. Um, and, 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 you know, and we could sit here and, and make, uh, it, Rihanna was uh, bashing again. Uh, crowd started to chant with her. I, I want to hear you say F that S because we're just living our MFing lives, Indiana, which I, uh, okay. But to say, Great now this is, there. this is an obviously uh, someone who's, you know, this is not someone. She's an idiot. Let's be honest mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's an idiotic pop star, and you know she's she's trying to act like tolerant or something. Like she's trying to, to seem like. I mean, who's trying to pass these laws? The laws passed. You know, like it's just to the point of she's not even engaged in it. But the point is, this is no worse a point than John Stewart. That, that's the same point. She's actually doing as good or better a job than Jon Stewart in analyzing the situation. It's actually pretty good. You could put her on The Daily Show, and the crowd would laugh at the right times. Yeah, they, would. they would bleep the right words, and that's an argument that's okay for the and left. And she could make a goofy fa- face for the camera, yeah, too. Yeah, make a goofy face. There's no reason. There's no. That's not a lower level of an- uh, analysis. It's pretty much, I would say, as good or better than the, the way Jon Stewart picked it apart. Triple eight seven two seven. back. More patents, too, coming up. He sucks, oh, man. Bad. You know, maybe at least Trevor Noah will be funny. Uh, if he can do, at least be funny with his America bashing, it would be awesome. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Duke, congratulations to uh, uh, the Duke Blue Devils who won the national championship again. Yeah, shockingly, uh, uh, Glenn, after he beat Obama, not too interested uh, in the result of the no, final game. He's, no, he's uh, not. <laughs> Shocking. But, I, was, you know, I was watching the last few minutes of it. I, I, I'm just not that into college basketball anymore, but... Uh, you know, really, Wisconsin, I thought, choked that game. I mean, they really, their offense essentially turned off the last five or six minutes of the game. Um, there was one really bad call. Did you guys see this, where the ball was going out of bounds? Did not watch the game. Um, and quite clearly, the Duke guy t- tipped the ball with his finger. Oh, really? In the, in the replay. And they went to replay. And, I mean, we're lo- I was looking at it on my phone. It wasn't even a big, I didn't have it on the big screen. And it was, like, blatantly obvious he hit it. It wasn't, he didn't hit it hard. He barely hit it. But it should have been Wisconsin ball with about a Still minute went to left, Duke. and it went to Duke, and that was—I oh. mm-hmm. mean, it was pretty much the end. Ball of the game. game. Yeah. Well, I mean, Duke is uh, amazing. It's their fifth title under uh, with Shusheski. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I can't remember in how long a period of time they've won five national championships since—is uh, that since '91? So. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. You have to pretty much say he's the best coach best, of all time as far as business. college basketball goes. You know, when Cal- especially when Calipari gets the best recruits uh, of the top ten, he'll get five. 
Yeah, I mean, they're, they're usually all their And they're one and done. Level. I mean, so. And they're one and done, but so. their talent level is very high. beyond anybody else in the country. I mean, they got, they they got, they're all they NBA 38-1 this year. I mean, they, he did a pretty good job. They did a team. pretty good job, but they didn't win the championship. They, did. they didn't. They made it to the finals last year, though, right? It was against, was it against UConn last year? It was Kentucky. They, and they season. lost then. They too, lost right? then. But still, I mean, these guys are just taking a bunch of freshmen and getting they their finals suck! every year. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, suck. Yeah, I, I, of no, course, I, I mean, Shashevsky does a great job. I, I he think does. he's the best in the business. It's and hard to. I mean, Dean Smith, but you know, won a lot of games, but he did only won one yeah, title. And he's right? not around anymore. John Wooden. Well, yeah, okay, well, the okay. best Come in the on. business now. Okay, okay. obviously Wooden. All time, best you're right. Wooden, you have to probably say that. I mean, even though it's a different era. Twelve. 10 and 12. Yeah. yeah. On plus three or four undefeated seasons. Yeah, he won okay. like 10 right. and 12 years, eight in a row or nine in a row or something, unbeaten for <laughs> 77 or 81 straight okay. games. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> if you're going to go back that far, you got to say, okay, well, I'm just, you're right. You're right. Plus a tremendous guy. I mean, John Wooden is one of the great. Who's beloved. Yeah. Yeah, just a really How, good guy. Do you know what that's like? No, you don't. No, he does you're not. not. He knows the uh, what's the opposite? Is it behated? <laughs> behated. <laughs> In his own house, he's behated. But despised. But despised. Speaking of which, uh, we didn't even talk about this last week when Charles Barkley was going off. Uh, so ridiculous on the RFRA. He's, he's so stupid. I mean, I, look, no one is, no one's accusing Charles Barkley of being intelligent. Um, <laughs> no one has done that. Uh, but you know, Charles Barkley probably does. Yeah, maybe I don't even know. Uh, I will say that he, you know, Charles is—he's uh, a great media personality because he doesn't care that he looks dumb, and he'll just say things, you know, whatever's at the top of his head at any given moment. Sometimes he nails it. Sometimes he's right on the money. Sometimes he says it in an offensive way that makes news, and sometimes he does this. He's just a, a silly, uninformed, dumb opinion. But either mm -hmm. way, it's all—it's usually interesting with him. Yeah. That's true, and this is what he said on CNN last week. Well, I think any time you see discrimination, you have to stand up like for it because mm -hmm. they're trying to make this strictly about gay rights. But what's next? If they have a Muslim customer come in there, yes. they have somebody who come in in the military mm -hmm. and they're against war, I think we have to really be careful because any form of discrimination, you have to check it. Now, they say it's about the government discriminating against them, not them discriminating about anyone else. They say that this is a false narrative, that this is the left just piling up on the religious, and it's Good the next step in an assault here, against faith Good in job. America. Listen, I don't think gay people went out to try to go after. They came out the gay people. Let's get no, that straight. No, let's not get that uh, straight. I, don't, I not think true. that's absurd. And listen, don't try to make this thing about the left or the right. That's just politicians pandering to their group trying to get elected. This is just about discrimination. Listen, I, I saw your story about listen, those people just want flowers. They're not trying to trick you into their gay lifestyle. They just want flowers. That's really and good I love it. You know, typically analysis. of the South, where I'm from, mm -hmm. all these rednecks so hide okay behind the Bible. This. That's what they do. That's one oh, of the geez. reasons the, uh, the South is behind oh, in everything. They always hide behind the Bible. Always oh, it's strictly about discrimination. Well, you got to give them some credit there on that last point. They always hide behind the Bible, and that is true. That it, it, The Southern senators, you know, like, Ted Kennedy, who's co-sponsored, and, and, and then Chuck Schumer when he was in the House co-sponsoring it. Except Those two Southerners South. were hiding I'm behind the Bible the entire the time they passed this law. <laughs> and it it concerns me. Uh, well, they're from south of Maine. Yes, that's, that is yeah. true. South of Canada. As south well. of Canada! Mm-hmm.
south I mean, look, of the North know, Pole. Right, Charles is an idiot. <laughs> Let's be honest about that it. Is, He's an idiot. That but, is some uh, stupid stuff. I mean, oh that's gosh. really bad. But, I mean, Oof. again, you know, you don't expect... Again, Chris Cuomo uh, with the awful... Oh, you know, a lot of these guys are just saying that, you know, like, look, we just want to hate our gays. That's all. It's no big deal. Uh, you know, just let us do it. Yeah, well, like, yeah, you just let us do look, it. We just want to, we just want to kill people we disagree with. That's their argument. What do you think about that, Gerald? <laughs> <laughs> That's the Chris Cuomo approach. <laughs> look, all right, I gotta be honest with you. Look, sure, that is one of that's commit genocide against all black people. Charles, what do you think about that? <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's so bad. The state of our media today. Everything so that so you bad. think is bad in the world, <laughs> you can always r fall back and realize that the media is worse. I mean, it, anything, your job, uh, any place that you go, the, the terrible restaurant in your town that can't get your order right, you just, the good thing you can always fall back on is the media is in a much worse state than that, than yeah. they are. You can always feel yeah. good about that. There's always somebody <laughs> worse than you, unless you're in the media like us, because this is the only place. Uh, and this, it's a disaster. It's an utter disaster of what they're supposed to be doing and what they do. The separation is so incredibly wide. There's a chasm between good and what they do, and it's large. Mm -hmm. John Kerry was, what has said. And has said. Yes, he has said that. Chasm! Yeah. Uh, here's and more. He actually used the word chasm. He did. Um, this is more from chasm. Charles Barkley talking about the, the Indiana thing and, and sporting events in particular. I don't like what he's saying there. Just say good. that. And let me say this. All right, let's say I, this. If they want to be like that, I think they have the right to be like that. No, you don't. I think the biggest problem I have, we as a country or as a state of Indiana, they can't make it a law. You have the right in this country to be against gay marriage. Do you? But it can never be against so. the, uh, they you can't don't. put it on the books. That was my biggest problem uh, mm -hmm. with this whole thing. You really believe that the NCAA should have pulled the final four from Indiana if this law wasn't changed? Well, what I said was, and I stick by, they shouldn't get any more final fours or any more Super Bowls. Because, Chris, let me tell you something. They can, you can be gay, you can be straight, you can be Spanish, you can speak Polish. The one thing that always speaks loudest in this country is green, and there's cash. And that's the only thing that people understood about this entire wow. scenario. That's powerful. That's powerful, Charles. Wow, he, wow. Just, he said a mouthful there. Yeah. You can be green, you can be Polish, you, but green is what it's all about. Okay. Now, they're going to be all about, uh, clarifying all about this law, by the way. So does that get them out of this? Because, I mean, uh, I, again, like Charles... According to Rick Santorum, takes all the teeth out of it. Doesn't protect anybody now. I mean, so, I, I don't know. I, 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 we'll, we'll have to look at we'll it, to, but I, I Look at I what their clarification is. Yeah. Um, but again, like this is a guy who, you know, he said, oh, well, South, South, people in the South always hide behind the Bible. You know, those Southerners from Indiana, um, they yeah. are, wow, how South, Southern are oh, they? I know what a stupid point. I mean, it's stupid. But I mean, I, you know, do they, like this is an interesting premise, though. I like, I like this discussion, if it were actually honest. Let's just find laws in every state that you don't agree with. And then we'll ban everything from everywhere mm -hmm. because we can all go through these laws. Every single state is going to have something that Charles Barkley strongly disagrees with. Every single one of them, even hardcore blue states. Let's just ban everything from everywhere. We'll ship it all out to Canada or Mexico, mm -hmm. and then we can just go on little trips across the border whenever we want to go see a sporting event. It's just stupid. Just how about this? You, you, people in the state elected <clears throat> these people to do their jobs. 
uh, when they, in a couple of years, there's this built-in process where there will be an election, and then the next guy can run on a platform of repealing the RFRA. And maybe that will work for them. But the, you're disrespecting the people in the state who voted for these guys. And I'm not saying that uh, they, you, there's no room for criticism of these laws. There certainly is. But to act as if you can't do business with these states when somebody passes a law you don't like is idiotic. The Commerce Clause, which is used for every other purpose other than commerce, this is the one thing that we all were supposed to agree on, that states, despite their differences, could do business with each other and keep the economy rolling. I'm going to take issue with his point, too, that you can, <clears throat> you can't, you have the right to disagree with same-sex marriage. No, you don't. You don't. Not no, in this society, you don't. You really don't have that right anymore. If you do and you vocalize it, you're destroyed. You're or, destroyed. Right. In fact, you, it, it, we're at the point, and, and I don't know if Charles realizes this is the story he's commenting on, but you're at the point where it's not if you disagree, you have to participate by law. What mm -hmm. you're arguing for is forcing people who disagree to participate in the ceremony. Yeah. At some that level. Is, it's unbelievable. Uh, and again, like, that's not agreeing or disagreeing. That's making them go. Yeah. That's making them provide things for the actual ceremony. And again, I, 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 have, I would have no problem with that, honestly, as a, as a baker. But still, it's your right to make that decision for your freaking self. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but still, uh, he believes that minorities need more, I, I guess, seats at the table. Here's what he said. Don't you think we have to get to the point where you don't need to be of a group to respect a group? You don't need to be African-American no, no, to talk about blackish. You don't have to be gay to talk about LGBT. Well, well, well first of all, you don't have to be, but clearly... America's always had a racial problem. Now we have a homophobic problem. Homophobic? Yes, we do have to be at the table. I don't. A, a white guy might like me. He might be my friend, but he don't know what it's like to be black, and know. I don't know what it's like to be gay. So if I want a gay opinion, shouldn't I invite a gay person to the table? It's like I always talk about when I, I I'm <laughs> what, very successful in my business life, but I know anyways. every single time I go into a big meeting, meeting. I'm gonna be the only black guy in there, and there's uh -huh. gonna be a, one other woman there. And the rest of the guys what, are going to be white. So that's the perfect segue. We need more women at the table. We need more black people at the table. It, it, it ain't about being racist or sexist. It's just no. about being fair. That's about being sure. fair. What you want to do is, is identify the, a business meeting by how many people of each sex and gender there are. By the way, For you're fairness. guaranteed you're going to be eliminating many. Right. There's going. To, I mean, let's let's. What, they estimate uh, the gay population is about two percent of the population. You, know, you can argue some people say it's a little higher, some people say it's a little lower. But just let's. If you're going to have to have someone who's gay at the table, you should have to have every group that's at least two percent of the population at the table. Mm. You're going to have a large table. It's going to be a really uh, big I, I table. Think you need a table for all seven billion people. <laughs> I think it's a it's a table that's it's a big ass table. Yeah. It's a big table. This is why I like everybody on the planet should be able to sit at that everybody. Table. Yeah. Everybody. I this is why I like conservatism and it's why I like libertarianism and I like you talking about people as individuals because there's no such thing, Charles, as a gay opinion. That's not a thing. There's no gay opinion. That's not a thing that exists. There are individuals who happen to be gay and have their own opinions. We are individuals. There's no, hey, we got to get gay opinion in here. Do we have gay opinion? Gay opinion's not a thing. These are individuals who have different opinions that differ in culture and background and ideology. And that's okay. Having, if you bring in a gay, if, like, let's, for example, let's take a log cabin Republican who happens to be gay. 
Um, one of my one of my friends who's gay is a big Second Amendment supporter. Big Second Amendment supporter. Loves Second Amendment. Goes shooting all the time. Is way more of a gun guy than any of us are, with the possible exception of Glenn. Is he okay? Is is his gay opinion okay? Because he's going to come in and argue for the Second Amendment like crazy. No, are you going to be okay not, with that one? He's not no, because really there's no such thing enough. as a gay opinion. He's not gay enough. Right? Exactly. That's what they will the say. Yeah. yeah, he's not gay enough. Triple eight seven two seven. Patents. Patents do. We'll coming up. He has hetero opinion. Hetero opinion versus gay opinion <laughs> this Friday. Welcome to the program. I am Stu, along with Pat and Jeffy. Pat is on the other side of the room. He's way over there. Way over, way over there. here. Hi, way hi, over here. See him way over there? Watch the watch. Here it comes. See, here comes the big, the big reveal. Here comes. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, way over there. <laughs> hey! Yeah. See, we wanted to uh, compare and contrast. There were two uh, world leaders who did Easter messages. And uh, I want you to guess who, which which is which. Well, I mean, okay. Do we have video? Uh, we don't have video, so you're gonna have to just audio. You're gonna have to be able to. It's gonna discern. be hard. It's gonna be tough. You tell me who this is, okay? Easter is a time for Christians to celebrate the ultimate triumph of life over death in the resurrection of Jesus. Mm. And for all of us, it's a time to reflect on the part that Christianity plays. Now, you know, you might be fooled by the accent, but don't be, okay? Because obviously this is the American leader here. In our national life. The church is not just a collection of beautiful old buildings. It's a living, active force doing great works right across our country. Huh, he really when people like the are homeless, yeah, the does. church is there with hot <clears throat> meals and shelter. Sure. When Good people things. are addicted mm -hmm. or in debt, when people are suffering or grieving, right. the church is there. That. I know from the most difficult times in my own life mm -hmm. that the kindness of the church can be a huge comfort. Wow. Across Britain, Christians don't just talk loving thy neighbor. They live it out in faith schools, in prisons, in community groups. Nice. And it's for all these reasons that we should feel proud to say this is a Christian country. Yes. This is a Christian country. Jeez. He emphasizes that three times, by the way. That's David Cameron from the UK, obviously. That's David Cameron? David Cameron. Yeah, I, I know. You're surprised, right? I thought it was Barack Obama doing another impression. I know, right? But it wasn't. Here instead <laughs> is Barack Obama's Easter message. On Easter, I do reflect on the fact that as a Christian, mm -hmm. I am supposed to love. And I have to say that sometimes when mm -hmm. I listen... Yeah to mm -hmm. uh, less-than-loving expressions by Christians, yeah, right. I get concerned. You get concerned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that's a topic for another day. <laughs> so he Even on Easter, he's bashing Christians because they're, they're subhuman or something. I don't know. They're, they're bad people who are always saying non-loving things. <clears throat> you compare and contrast that with what David Cameron said about Christianity? I, wow. Can you, I mean, one of them is still bashing Christians and Christianity on Easter. The other is 
is praising all the good that Christians do in his own country and around the world and saying that they're a Christian nation. That is unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. But that's where we are. If, if that Easter message from Obama, and you compare and contrast that to uh, David Cameron's from the UK, if that, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know. Warms the cockles of your heart. <laughs> <laughs> On Easter, yeah. he wants to bash Christians. On yeah. Easter, and let's review what because we didn't get we didn't play the <clears throat> entire statement, and it goes on with the same sort of stuff where they're <clears throat> laughing for a while. And what, basically, what happens is he says, "Hey, it's Easter." Uh, Christians do a lot of bad things. I don't like what they do a lot of the time, but I won't get into that today. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, here, uh, now, and then he goes on for several minutes basically mm-hmm. saying, what I want to do is tell you all the terrible things Christians have done because they're largely awful people. But I'll but leave that for another day. I can't do that, and you know, you guys know I can't do it because I'll get in trouble. So let me give you a completely emotionless boilerplate statement about Easter. Mm-hmm. And that's with, what he did. And that's what he did. <laughs> Um, he doesn't want to say those things about Easter. He doesn't. He knows he kind of has to, so he throws it out there. But what he wanted to say quite clearly was, man, these people suck. Maybe tomorrow we'll play more of that on radio because yeah. I, I think it's worth diving into a little bit. It really is telling who this guy is. It, it's, it shows you that he's got this, I think he has an animosity toward Christianity or Christians. Um, well, side he, by side with Cameron, it sure sounds like it. I'll tell sure you Sure does. I mean, Cameron is all praising on uh, Christianity and Christians and what they do for charity and what how they've done for the country, him. how it's helped him, uh, how they are a Christian nation. Well, Obama says the opposite. We're not a Christian. This is a Christian nation founded on those principles. The country we left to found this country on those principles now claims they're the Christian nation, and we don't. Wow. Wow. What, a, what wow. an amazing side-by-side. That's a great find by you. Because, I mean, those are two amazing Crazy. moments uh, that, again, in a country that cared about this stuff, this would be a big story. There, yeah. there, there were certainly times in our fairly recent history that those two things side-by-side would be a big news story. Mm-hmm. And now, I what mean, do you think? as far as I know, we're the only people who have ever mentioned it. Yeah, I haven't seen it anywhere oh, else. exclusively mm-hmm. on the Pat and Stu show. How about that? How about that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, it's it's pretty amazing, um, and it's you know more amazing than any of the you know the Indiana nonsense, which is nothing. Right. I mean, like oh, this would be right. a big thing. Uh, it's just not today. It's uh, and it's yeah, uh, and it has nothing to do with oh he's a secret Muslim. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, I, I I think he's probably. I don't know, agnostic. I mean, I don't know what he is. I, I don't know his heart. I don't know his religious beliefs. I just know his actions, and I know his words concerning Christians and Christianity, and I know that he doesn't, I mean, he hasn't been to church in four years or something. At least they, they, uh, they, they've said many times he doesn't have a church. He doesn't go for whatever reason. Um, so, busy. yeah, he's, you know, he's busy. Okay, well, then it's not that important to you, right? 
um, you know, everybody gets busy. You still carve out a little time for what's important to you. I mean, I, I know right now The Walking Dead is kind of important to me. I carve out a little time for it. <laughs> you have been right. carving out seemingly every waking moment. Every waking um, moment. That yeah. you're not on the air. Right. Like, Pretty I think much. even when we go into commercials, you seem to be over there watching Netflix. <laughs> uh, it's just about that it's bad. It's just about that bad. It's just about. You are really addicted to the show. Can oh, we talk about this gosh, for a second? It's crazy. How far are, are you into it now? Uh, I think episode four, season three. Okay, so season three, episode there's five four. seasons, right? Yeah. Now, the problem is you're going to bump up to the yep. Netflix line soon because they only go up to season four right now. Yeah. Right, Jeffy? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Because season oh five, God. they will release probably... Depending on how fast you get there, but you don't want to go too fast because oh, they already, will eventually you're, release. Yeah, you're going I'm fast going to the speed of light. Yeah, so I, I, does Hulu have it? Somebody's got to have it. iTunes would have it probably. You could probably buy them on iTunes. I, I don't know that. I um, think you could. You'd have to buy you them might individually. Be able to subscribe rather. to AMC and get it too separately from their website. Now, should I be I watching? No. The the answer to that is no. This is an I, well, here's an interesting thing that I've noticed over this whole little period here because you know the, Pat, Pat's a very interesting guy. Uh, mm. I think you, you you make decisions in interesting ways, and I, mm. and I and I and I it's I think it's an interesting thing to follow. We all have our little personalities and, and do things. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've noticed about you, I feel like over the years, is that you'll do things that you think that are kind of questionable in your own mind. You know, like you might be like, all right, I don't know if I should do this, but uh, all right, I'll try it. But when you come to the conclusion that it's not good, <laughs> you usually stop. Yeah. This is not true. the case this here with Walking Dead. You are not, not you're case. not in a debate with yourself of not like, I don't all. know, maybe I shouldn't watch this, but maybe it's all right. Not you are all. saying quite clearly. I'm you saying shouldn't I shouldn't be watching it and yet And yet you're watching. I am. What's the is it just know, just so it's just so compelling. I, I wish I wouldn't have watched it in the first place. But right. but Jeffy and Glenn <laughs> And Tanya talked about it so much. I was yeah. really, it's, I don't know, I was curious. And it's a TV show. You know, it's not yeah, it's an R-rated a, movie. It's right. a TV show. And so I thought, how bad can it be? And I watched it and I found out how bad it is. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mature is close to R. It's close. But I, it's not. I'm kidding myself maybe uh, that it's PG-13. Yeah. I don't know. I would say that, that it, you know. I would say the violence is more frequent than on Lord of the Rings, but along the same lines. At least that's how I've justified it in my mind. It's just like Lord of the Rings. I mean, you, you'll get heads sliced off and that. You'll get a, an axe to the head of an orc. You know, so it's or, it's zombies instead of orcs dying. What's the difference? Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah there's some ju- so you have right. done some justification That's how I explained it to my, to my wife. <laughs> okay. How's that work out? <laughs> not very well. She's not on board with this. <laughs> not, She's not watching her. Terribly on board. No. Okay. Really, for your, for your employment and your job, I mean, you pretty much have to. It's pop culture. It's the type of pop culture. I mean, it is, it is it. helpful in that way. I have not watched any episodes of it. Um, so it is nice that you, you guys can obviously say it's the number one show on television. I know. Yeah, you know, it's not like amazing. This it's easy to decide. Show. It's well done. I would say, as far as quality, and and the sheer compelling factor of it. it I mean, one episode ends, and you have to see what happens right away. <laughs> and with Netflix, you can. So yeah. you just boom, that go right into nice. seventeen, sixteen. You see that countdown to the next yeah. show, you're, you're like, just yeah. like, no, I can't wait that long. And you, you <laughs> no, I'll tell you, no, I talked to you earlier, Pat, and I'm serious now. Prepare uh-huh. yourself for the <clears throat> for the depression for the withdrawal. Because, oh my gosh, that yeah, that that's tough. Binge's over depression I, is. But I was oof. I was saying to Jeffy uh, yesterday that I think it might be better than 24 on a compelling oh, scale. Wow. 24 to me was the best show ever done on television. 
And Especially those the best seasons. Yeah, yeah. take the best season. Yeah, the, the, skipping seven and eight or whatever they were, I I, I opted out of the last couple. Um, but this is the most compelling thing I think I've ever seen on television. It's pretty amazing. You know, I have every seen... the end of every episode is like a cliffhanger <laughs> at the end of a season. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, um, really well done. You know, I felt the same way with Breaking Bad. I had yes. the same run with Breaking okay. Bad. And it's and, probably similar, uh, yeah, right? I, I mean, in, yeah, in its intensity. My understanding of it is definitely different, you know, much different shows. I mean, like, they just do things in different ways. But it was the same idea. Like, you get to the end of the episode, you're like, oh, I cannot wait another week. So yeah. I did the same thing as you. I you started kind of binged? I binged through... I started the first season. It was a little slow. I didn't get that into it for a while. Once I hit that moment where I was into it, I went from like late season one to the end of season three, um, or three or four. I think there's I think there's five total seasons. Anyway, I got all, all the way up to the last season. I just blew through, and then I had time before the premiere right. of the new one started. So I went through the last season dealing with that. Where's the new episode? Come on, where's yeah. the new episode thing? Uh, yeah. And that's hell because you you're so spoiled by being able to watch yeah, all of them in a row. I got no, lucky with Walking better. Dead because that was the, I, there was only two. You know, uh, my wife said you probably need to watch this, and I remember sitting down like on a Friday and saying, "All right, I'll watch it." And it was you know two. Then your the weekend shots, two seasons. You, <laughs> so, you watch two seasons in a weekend. I've been pretty close. That was yeah. pretty darn. Close. Well, the first season is only six episodes, so yeah, it's, not, it's mean, not hard to burn no, through that. I was I was lucky at least to be you know you're done with the two seasons, and now I've you know I just okay wait for yeah. the season. I gotta wait till October now. Well, I've noticed too that um, my cable system has started to do the thing that Netflix does. So like you're watching a yeah. show on your DVR and it ends, and instead of just like stopping and waiting for you to go back to normal TV, delete or okay, you know, you know keep or delete. Mm-hmm. It just starts rolling. It gives you that countdown, and then it rolls right into the next episode. Some of the times, even if you don't have them on your DVR, mm-hmm. it will find them on demand and just roll right into the next one. And it's 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 dangerous as far as wasting time goes because you just like uh, you don't get up. You, you're not paying attention. You don't you're like ah, it's gonna start in ten seconds. Let me I'll watch one more. Um, it happens to the kids too. Like we'll throw on a kids show. And, you know, what we would do is, like, all right, only one episode. And most of the time, one episode. they're quiet, it keeps rolling. But if you don't pay attention and you miss that 10-second window, it rolls right into the next one. And then they're watching a second episode, which is more than it's the... It's not over yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. And they're kind of just like, what? No, I'm watching this one. And they're five minutes <laughs> in, and then you feel bad. And, oh, it's, it's an interesting phenomenon that, that didn't used to be an issue because you had to wait the next week for yeah. the next episode. And now, with entire series on Netflix, you don't have to do that anymore. But I am going to run up against the fact that yeah. it's, uh, season five is not on that yet. It's not on Netflix, so I don't know if it's on Hulu. Well, you get to four, and then you'll probably have to purchase, uh, purchase Hulu, individually iTunes, each episode, I think, on iTunes to get caught up on five until they release it on Netflix, which they probably will do in the next couple of months. And then when does uh, season six come October. out? Really? Oh, that's it? Is that is that now? Is that the end of the uh, end of the series? Is it still going? No, it's still. They haven't announced an end of the series yet. No, no. Because Mad Men is is now. Mad Men is. This is the last season of Mad Men. That's been going for a long time though. I've never watched a single. That's another one. Like I'm like that. That was good the first couple years, and then I kind of died out. Yeah, but I got to watch this last season. I was thinking about that. Was another one I was thinking like I now I want the shows to get ahead of me. 
I want them to yeah. get. I don't even want to think about watching a show until I know there's four great seasons of it. I know you then said I'll that the start. other day. That's I, I don't know. That's tough though because some of the shows are really good. I know, but I don't care. Like I, I have. It's like you said with Walking Dead. Walking Dead was really good before you started watching it, right. but you didn't know that, so you didn't care. So I didn't care. Right now, that's what I do. Is like I'm like people tell me Breaking Bad was this way. People told me Breaking Bad was great from season one. All the way through to, like, season three. It wasn't until, like, season three I'm like, all right, fine, I'll start it. Because I've heard so much about it. I, the, the, the hurdle that needs to be cleared for these shows, in my mind, at this point, is insane. Walking Dead is getting there because everybody I talk to says it's unbelievable. And now I have plenty of time that if I really like it, I can watch it. I can watch episodes on the plane. I can, you mm-hmm. know, I, you, know you, can, you can catch up. But, like, I don't want to It's just making that decision season. that you're going to get another obsession in your life. Yeah. And that's why I haven't started House of Cards. A lot of people said House of Cards was great, but it's only it's just got the third season yeah. out there, and I'm like, eh. And people are saying the third one's not as good. No, I know. I I haven't brought myself to start cranking through them yet. I watched the first two. It's like, eh. Not that great. Eh. Yeah. It's yeah. like another House of Cards. I mean, I'm so fed up with Washington as it is. Yeah. And then I start, you know, the first two seasons were made it seem okay because House of Cards was kind of being the parody of Washington, D.C., and Spacey's so good. And now it's like, you bastards are just like that. They really like that. I'm just fascinated <laughs> by how much money they paid Kevin Spacey for that thing. Yeah. Uh, because it was something like, was it $50 million? It was a lot. Uh, the first round was, I think it was more than that. A yeah. $100 million, yeah. something like that. It was, it was 114 enough. sticks in my head, but I don't remember. But I mean, it was a lot. Outrageous sum of money for a Netflix series. I mean, it, this was in the day before everybody was doing Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like a yeah, he was the first ridiculous one. investment. But, you know, well, obviously they're doing okay. Intentionally so. I mean, you, you draw in real talent when, oh, wait, they got Kevin Spacey? Like, yeah. That's a pretty serious get. Seems and they, to have this worked series out really is really well good. It's winning all these awards. Maybe I should try one of these series. And now they have a lot of them. I mean, even Amazon is doing this now. They have a, they're starting, they're, they're launching their own series yeah. on Amazon yeah. Prime. Uh, and I noticed there was one that I wanted to watch. I think it was Marco Polo. But it seems like that one uh, maybe is even more risque. It's like I risque. Think it is. My wife was what started watching. That so I didn't, uh, yeah. I didn't get into that. I think I think there's nudity and stuff in some of these. It's interesting because because Netflix can and Amazon I think does do whatever they want. You well, know? I think some of the series they can go as far as they want. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. That's, yeah. But they don't. They're only constrained they by by remaining mainstream if that's what they want to do. Right. Like there's no. And correct me if I'm wrong, Jeffy. I'm sure you've searched for it, but there's no porn on Netflix. There's no. Like they'll put on, you know, sexy movies or whatever. <laughs> but they're movies that could theoretically be in a theater. No, yeah. not right now. But doggone it, I'm putting together a porn series for Netflix. Really? I'm hoping that they buy it. You're hoping that they buy it. I'm ready to produce it. You don't ever release these movies, do you? You just keep them in your closet. <laughs> these poor actresses. I wish like, I'd have thought of the porn. Star? Oh, man. No, you're not, honey. I'm sorry. I'm being told Spacey makes 500000 an episode. I, I actually thought it was more than that. I thought it was more. Maybe than the that. whole series was a hundred million. No, it was. Yeah, he got a lot of money for the two because he is takes care of the series. That was his deal. Yeah, because he's like the producer. Or something, I got. I'll find he? out. Now. Yeah, I mean, it, did he bring the show to them? Yeah. Well, no, no. The, the, a, the story, the way the story, sh- uh, the the series started is amazing, in that it's data. They they have so much data on their uh, subscribers 
that they went and found that people who, I guess because House of Cards is a series that was in the U.K., right? Is that right, Jeffy? It was already yeah, in the U.K. Yeah, and was yeah. already done. So um, On Parliament? I, I guess on Parliament. So, <laughs> really? But they wanted to adapt it to American politics. So they looked at who watched that movie, and they cross-referenced it with other things that they watched, and they found that people watched who liked Kevin Spacey movies watched that series. So really? they specifically went to Spacey, realizing that the people who liked the series already liked him. How amazing, amazing. is that? And Netflix does that all the time anyway, Jeez. right? I mean, when uh, uh, Because You Watched, and they, oh, they yeah. promo stuff and to that, you all the time. That's, that's, that right. stuff is just at the beginning. There's an amazing article I read um, a few weeks ago um, about what Spotify is now doing. They've developed this incredible new you know, technology that can now tell not only like, okay, you like this song, you'll like another by that artist. You know, that's kind of how it works now. Or you like a song that was popular in the 80s, you'll like other 80s songs. Mm -hmm. Or you like a song that's dance and you'll like other dance songs. They're now getting to the point where they're able to figure out um, like th real distinctions. Like you like one song from this artist, but we can tell you don't like the artist. You know, like, it's like, uh, the, the example they used was, what was the song that was in? That's um, exactly what I'm looking uh, for. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, for, um, yeah. The one was... Uh, the Pandora doesn't really do. Right. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, uh, Hooked on a Feeling. Mm -hmm. The oh song gosh. Blue Suede. Right. No one else, no one likes any other Blue Suede songs. You like <laughs> Nobody Hooked knows any right. other exactly. Blue Suede songs. No, so my, this son, guy, my 13-year-old son didn't even realize it was a, a song from the 70s. Right. I mean, he was started singing it, thinking it was cool. Yeah, yeah. he just thinking it was cool. Like, so <laughs> this guy, who I think is in his 20s, who wrote the article, was saying, when that movie came out, it got stuck in his head, and he'd have a few glasses of wine, and he'd be at home, and he'd just play that thing on repeat. So when they analyzed his Spotify, it was his most listened-to song, Hooked on a Feeling. And, and, and he was saying his general taste, as he would describe it, was like indie rock. So mm. a dumb uh, one of these services would say, you must want some more right. Blue Suede and more 70s songs. But they realize... Here's Paul Nicholas, right. heaven on the seventh floor. Right. But they realize, no, he just Great likes song. this one song. And it's only when he does certain things, like he goes out drinking and comes back at 10 o'clock at night. And they're like, wow, at 10 o'clock at night on a Friday, Hi, he likes Bill. this type of music. Have you been like, out drinking? Yeah. Here's Blue Suede for you. Yeah. They're saying that in, in, in eventually the, the, the future of this is they, they will realize when you go to your gym and, oh, he must want gym playlist. Yeah. I want the up-tempo you know, up music he's going to run to. Like, they're going to know Jeez. where you are, what time of day, what you like Holy to listen cow. to. The other thing they were, like, another thing he has uh, around dinner time was he'd have people over to have a dinner, and he'd play, like, a classical background music. I don't know, when he, was, when he was writing. When he was writing, he liked, like, classical music in the background that wasn't distracting. And they were able to understand that they don't have, he doesn't have passion for Beethoven's specific symphony. It's just when he's in that general vibe, it would provide... Uh, classical music and they have so much data on you and you think about this in context of your life as it relates to the government the NSA has thousands of times more information than any one of these services has mm -hmm. and look what they can do with it they can figure out where you are what your mood is who you want to talk to what music you like what movies you mm -hmm. might like they're able to create series based on realizing you like a certain actor in a certain show if you have nest they can figure out uh what temperature your house is and maybe if you're using more energy right now so that somebody because somebody's staying with you yep 
uh, than if you uh, than you normally do. So mm -hmm. they know maybe one of your friends is over too, and they might be able to figure out who. And that's a great point. I mean, I, and it's totally yeah, because you could be able to you'd have phone records, you'd have emails. Hey, I'm coming. I'll, I'll meet you at the airport. Water usage. I mean, all of that. The NSA stuff. can do oh, all geez. that stuff. The only the only thing holding them back is them not doing it to everyone because they don't necessarily right. have interest on in doing it to everyone. You know, but or when you time. become an enemy. When you become an enemy, Forget they it. have time. Yeah. You know, they can find that stuff. And that's why it's so important. Um, the, the John Ooh. Oliver thing I was re re referencing earlier was talking about how in, I think it's June or July, um, is the Patriot Act uh, re-up. It, it hits that point of uh, they're going to renew it. Um, and, you know, he was saying, like, we need to talk about this. We need to make sure we have a big debate on this. And particularly, I think it's Section 215, which uh, relates to a lot of the data collection. And it's pretty much on our side, even though I'm not a big fan of the show. It's it's uh, it's a uh, he's pretty much on our side on this one, um, and you know that's going to come up. And I think it, I think you have to make it into a big issue. It would be interesting because there is there is left and right agreement, um, at least far left and far right agree. You know, like I we pretty mm -hmm. much are on the same side as some super mm -hmm. far leftist as far as whether you should be monitoring people like you know, the John bad guys. Um, yeah. yeah so i mean I, look I, I there there might be maybe there's hope to to stop some of the i don't necessarily so. want every single way we catch terrorists to go away but if we can stop the mass data collection mm -hmm. uh, over american citizens that have nothing to do with this uh, you know that there's some positives it's it's talk like this it makes you feel like every time you turn on the radio or the news or a blog or just, did whatever you, did you just seamlessly transition into the spot that? well i didn't tell you just said, mentioned that i seamlessly wow, transitioned that was really good now it's not so seamless <laughs> you don't think it shows you that there's, there's oh, is that what you were doing you were transitioning he was transitioning into the, into the commercial see, yeah, I was going to tell you, there's. I didn't like, even notice that you were transitioning. We're going to talk about yeah. this now because there's something new to worry about whenever you turn on the radio or TV, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, people True. everywhere are asking, what can I do to protect myself and my family? How do I, you know, maybe I can't do much about the NSA spying thing right now. Maybe I can prepare my family in other ways, and you can with my Patriot Supply. And, you know, you don't have to start out by getting a year's supply. No. You don't have to jump in the deep end of the pool. You can jump in the shallow end, and right now it's unbelievably affordable. You can get a 72-hour emer emergency food supply for only 10 bucks right now. Limited-time deal, because obviously that's, that's an amazing offer. Uh, so call 800-274-3040. They can only do this for a short time. Get involved in it right now. Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things. You know, I mean, even if you're not planning on being a person who's going to prep a year of food or six months of food, but you want something for a short-term emergency. Yeah, three days. This is the the most basic thing you can have to take care of your family, and you should have it. it should, it's nice and portable. You could take mm -hmm. it with you if you need to go somewhere in a, in, a, in, a, in a rush. It's a great option. Call in the next 12 hours. They'll add the free shipping. Uh, to, uh, get your 72-hour kit for only 10 bucks. Uh, that is today. Uh, give them a call, 800-274-3040. 800-274-3040. It's my Patriot Supply, not just food. It's freedom. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, Stu was just talking about a bunch of tech technological issues, and more and more are coming every day. Mm -hmm. I, some just unbelievable things. It's like miraculous things that that are coming. Um, we have from the New York Times this story about uh, planes without pilots. How many human pilots? Some wonder are really necessary aboard commercial airplanes. Um, with these advances in sensor technology, computer uh, computing, artificial intelligence. Uh, zero. 
and no, no pilots, no humans are necessary. Yeah, and we talk, already this kind of goes with um, uh, the concept of flying cars, and we've talked about how basically that would be impossible unless everything was driverless. Right. So you get to the point where you have driverless cars and everything's driverless. It's actually in some ways easier in the air to be driverless. Planes are already pretty much doing it. I mean, yeah, you know, you, you, you take off and then you press autopilot and you get close and then you land. And I think they will land for you too, won't they? Or, or I will think they, they definitely could. Think uh, That's not a difficult task no. for a computer to do. I mean, Not I, compared to a car driving across the country, right. which just happened from yeah, what, what the details Google on this or one, who was it? Delphi. Delphi. Uh, Delphi did it. The... Uh, the uh, uh, they drove across the country nine days, San Francisco to New York, and uh, they were saying that they drove uh, 1% of the time. They actually manually drove. Manually drove there were three people that were passengers, right, or four yeah. or something, and, and every once in a while they had to take over the, the driving duty. Construction areas uh, and uh, uh, leave, the highway for, uh, leave the highway and hit some of the city streets, and there was a time when uh, they wanted it to get over. When you want to get over to merge into, into going one way and the traffic is so heavy, the car wouldn't do it. The computer was like, no, it's too busy. Where a human would break and get in. Yeah. You know, just. Yeah, they haven't mm. overcome that yet, huh? That's uh, interesting, though. That's, uh, you could see that. I, I was interested to see, because basically what they're doing is they're monitoring the lines on the road, right? Like they're seeing, right. okay, this is where the line. And like, I, I, how many times have you gone through a construction area where. I, I've even done it where, like, you know, it's a tight area. Sure. And you're kind of looking down. You're, you're focused more on the lines. And all of a sudden, the old lines are kind of there, faded, going the wrong yeah. way. And you kind of go, wait, you're yes. like, wait a minute. No, that's the lane. Yeah, that'll confuse the hell out of a driverless uh, car. I think it would really. <laughs> I don't know. How, how will they overcome? I guess they will. Well, somehow. they just said they've got to give it more that. information. They've got, right. you know, they have the way they have the cameras built on it. But he said, when you look at the picture, you don't even see the cameras. And it's Delphi. So what they're doing is they're trying to produce the operating system for the cars. automobile company. So you can so put it in any it, car. They want to try okay. to they want to try to put it in where the uh, they said they built this one so it would go into the wheel well where the spare tire mm. was and then that would be the operating system for the driverless car. So wow. I Crazy. mean amazing. amazing. So the the car drove itself 99% of the time cross country from San Francisco to New York. That's incredible. And then and then last night I was showing my wife uh, this new technology from BMW. It's called um, Active Assist, Active Assist technology, and uh, there's several there's several videos of this, and I'm not sure which one which one we're going to see, but one of them was where the guy uh, talks into a, a smart w wristwatch. I, I don't know if it's the Apple Watch or what it is, but he says, uh, "BMW, pick me up," and the BMW drives out of its parking space, drives through the parking ramp. In a parking garage, so in like a parking around the spiral thing there? Drives around the whole thing and picks him up in front where, it dropped, where he dropped it off. Crap! Can That's you imagine that? incredible. Not ever having to find a parking incredible. spot again? I, yeah, and when you, when you get to the parking garage, <laughs> you stop, get out, go where you want, and just say, BMW Park. And it goes ah! into the parking garage, finds an empty space, and parks there. This is, we are all handicapped. Yeah, We'd all crazy? get the handicapped spot. Yes. Every single one of us yes. would have the handicapped spot. I, I, it's oh, unbelievable. This crazy. is a whole new world we're entering right now. <laughs> and, you know, Glenn's been telling us that for a while, and it's really... I know. I'm you starting can kind to get of one over. I mean, maybe he's right. I mean, he's been, of course, talking to the, you know, these people who have been in the high-tech world. Valley. And, and mm -hmm. he, you know, they know all of this. But, like, a lot of these guys... They, 
they say these, you know, say fantasy things. It sounds like things. a pipe dream. It does. And I, I, look, we all know that driverless cars are coming, and there's no question about that. But he was saying something like, I think it was in, within five or ten years, it would be the majority of the cars on the road. And that still mm. seems like a long shot to me. But, man, it does uh, seem like it's accelerating. It does, doesn't it? It is accelerating. And then there's another one where they tried to drive it into a cement wall, and it won't. Stops. Just, like... Well, inches. Let's watch. Probably, uh, I'm not sure which one this is. Let's but watch let's this one. Look. I'm not sure what one it is either. But this is. Uh, I've come BMW. to Munich to visit BMW. Here at its research and innovation center, the company is developing sensor technology that can do something very simple, but also very important: prevent a car from crashing into anything. Wow. What happens when this car starts to close in on a stationary object? It waits for you um, until you get too close, until you have a certain. Uh, threshold and then it starts breaking for you and prevents the collision. All right, should All I right. get behind the wheel? Yes, okay. please. Okay, so I should just uh, start driving toward that. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna floor it. <laughs> it just stops. Mm -hmm. It just stop it, it stops. Mm -hmm. I gotta do that again. So okay. he has his foot on the gas the whole time, and it just the way the car it. works is yeah. it has really, really precise laser oh. scanners that perceive where the obstacles are and how big they are. Okay. The system builds up a map and then estimates its movement inside these obstacles. And as soon as we get too close, it brakes for you in a comfortable way. If it can, it slams on the brake if the situation gets really critical, and uh, it therefore prevents collisions. That's pretty amazing. I wonder if there's so, a way to override it if you actually want to hit someone. <laughs> you really want to commit That's suicide, you mean? I was, <laughs> or like, you will know, it allow that? Like if there's if like if we're in the parking lot, which has happened many times, and Jeffy walks out in front, we gun it. <laughs> right. Um, we don't want to stop. <clears throat> I thought you said <clears throat> there was an acceleration. Oh, that's right. No, that, that, no that's, that's, that's what, what he meant. meant. It was the uh, acceleration problem with the car. <laughs> but that's a great point. That's a great point. I will say that. So, I mean, think of how weird that is. If you gun it, it's just going to stop. Right. Your car's going to. You're not driving at that point. Like the, someone's driving for you. And it feels like there should be. There would be a, a significant amount of incidents where it would think it's time to break and wouldn't and would break for you and it, and it would be terrible. That's my concern. But. Yeah. I, I don't know. They seem to have overcome a lot of this stuff and thought of a lot of this stuff and are, have already accounted for it. And it's so early. I mean, in fact, yeah. if, they, if they've solved a lot of those problems already, I mean, I guess Amazing. it's just going to get better and better. The other thing, too, is um, you think about, like, okay, I'm driving uh, with my uh, fancy car and Jeffy with his jalopy, you know, and he's coming at me. Mm -hmm. And it's my car. My car decides, hey, you're about to hit Jeffy's car, so it stops. His car does it. So it runs into me. My car's not going to back up really fast and get away. <laughs> right. um, but once you get to the point where everyone has these cars, in theory, you'd eliminate these accidents because right. they would well, come once they came close to each other. They'd just yeah. all stop. They're saying it'll save tens of thousands of lives every year. And that's it's going to that's going to be the winning argument. Look at this. I mean, they talk about yeah, well, we need to spend two point two trillion dollars to save one life in health insurance. Want to be worth so, it? I mean, when you have ten thousand lives a year, they can save by this. They're just going to force it on you, whether <clears> well, you think, like it or not. I think nationally, don't sixty thousand die in more auto than accidents? Yeah, yeah 10, it's 000, like sixty thousand, and that's the number they'll use. And that's a compelling argument. Uh, sixty thousand lives so no you don't need to drive don't worry about it leave the driving to and it will be illegal to drive
Yeah, I, I think it will be illegal. By the end of our lifetime, I think that will be the case. Yeah. Um, although I think has uh, to be, right? they, it, they may grandfather. I mean, like they do that. Like think of the you know the weapon. They grandfather in automatic weapons. I mean, and there is a, usually they'll throw in a grandfather clause to get these things through. So there may be some of that. But we will be grandfathers and great grandfathers, uh, and probably not be able to drive anymore. Weird. Triple Once you sell that thing, you can't get another one. You drive yourself. As long as you don't change it in any way. The paint color, the door handles, the air freshener, you can continue to drive it. You think the Obamacare laws. Washington Post has a new story today. More scientists doubt salt is as bad for you as the government says. I love these stories that keep coming out about this. Oh, my wife uh, would harp on me about salt. Give me that nasty stink eye every time Mm -hmm. I sprinkled salt on anything. And really, the only thing I put salt on, added salt to anything, is steak. You know, how often do you have steak? You don't need salt on those. Put put it away. No, that's that's her thing. Are you trying to money ghost I thought you liked it. If you like it, why does it need salt? Because <laughs> salt ah, brings out the flavor. It does bring out the flavor. Brings out the flavor. I never put okay. salt on things when I was younger. And I, as you get older, you get that little, you get a little bit more refined tastes. And you like yep. the salt, just brings it out a little yes. bit. Yes, it, it just makes it pop. I don't sprinkle it on any other meat. Um, and and steak is the only thing. And yes, I salt every bite, <laughs> but it's you know big deal. Is it good? Yes, it's, it's delicious, mm-hmm. well, and it has been proven to be not a problem. Well, I mean, it's going to kill you, Pat. Uh, the government says it's going to kill you, right? Except not. Uh, yeah. Um, in fact, here's the quote: "There is no longer any valid basis for the current salt guidelines." That's incredible. That's how quote. That's Seriously, how ridiculous. That's, that's incredible because we've heard this salt hysteria my whole life, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, uh, for years, American gov- uh, the federal government has advised that they're eating too much salt, and this excess contributes yearly to the deaths of tens of thousands of people. Um, Through hypertension. Yep. Um, or and the, yeah, the, and, whatever. Yeah. Um, low levels of salt recommended by the government um, now believed to actually be dangerous for you. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, this, uh, <laughs> let's see, a couple of other highlights from this particular uh, story. Um, because they're going into the in 2015, they are going to do a re uh, appraisal of these guidelines, and most people think, mm. ah, the government's you know typically slow to move, and it probably will <laughs> stick. But there actually is a chance that they may change these guidelines. Right now, they recommend you have 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day, or if you're over 50 or for or African American, which to me is racist, you mm. only get 1,500 milligrams a day. Uh, I don't know why the racism against African-American exists when it comes wow. to salt intake, but that's what the, that's that's what the truth is. Um, uh, if the U.S. salt warnings are correct, Americans indeed are endangering themselves on a massive scale. Americans go way over the limit, ingesting about 3,500. So recommended 2,300. They're, mm. in, they're doing uh, 3,500, about 50% more than they're supposed to. But the skeptics believe the actual healthy person can go as high as 6,000 milligrams a day. Oh, man. Without significantly raising Jeez. health risks. But consuming too little. Under 3,000. So it's still um, above what the federal government is recommending. But if it's yeah. under 3,000, uh, actually raises health risks. Um, and uh, so it goes on. We actually talked about, if you've listened to this show uh, or watched this show or watched Wonderful World of Stew, you've seen this. We've talked about this for quite, going back a couple of years now. 
Uh, and uh, and you know, here's a here's a review of uh, if you happen to miss this from Wonderful World of Just, I think we did this about a year ago, which kind of covers all the science and the bizarre pathway that came about as they came up with these guidelines. It's an incredible history. Watch. Did you know a lot of people are told to stay away from the white stuff, that it's dangerous, that you could get addicted and die? I saw a particularly frightening stat the other day from the Center for Science in the Public Interest. It's serious! Nearly 100,000 Americans will die this year because of excess sodium in our food supply. Mm-hmm. What do you think this was? Excess sodium is a killer, okay? 100,000 people are dying from excess sodium. I mean, that's like as bad as guns. It kills tens of thousands more people than guns each year. We really should be calling to ban salt instead of guns. The good news is with just a couple minor adjustments, we can use the same posters. See? You gotta get the vibe, right? It's time to get antisocial on salt. Mm-hmm. Delicious, yummy freaking salt. The Center for Science and the Public Interest website is truly horrifying. They have been tracking salt's death toll since 2010. Mm, look at that. 423.538. Scary. They go on to explain how they got this unbelievable number. It's an estimate of the number of deaths that could, emphasis on could, have been averted if Americans were consuming half as much sodium as the current intake of 4,000 milligrams per day. And why is that bad? They rationalize it this way. More salt consumption tends to increase blood pressure. Higher blood pressure could, that word again, cause the risk of heart attacks. Strokes, congestive heart failure, and kidney disease. It's true a reduction in your salt intake can lower your blood pressure, at least temporarily. But that doesn't mean your kidney failure is directly correlated with eating two less french fries every time you go through the drive-thru. A recent study found that low-salt diets reduced blood pressure by 1% in people with normal blood pressure and 3.5% in people with elevated blood pressure. That's great. It's wonderful. But the study also found that, quote, there were increases in some hormones and lipids, which could be harmful if persistent over time. Nobody wants persistent lipids. Trust me. The study finally concluded, we do not know if low-salt diets improve or worsen health outcomes. Hmm, conclusion uh, seems pretty inconclusive, if you ask me. Imagine someone saying, our study concludes that we do not know if letting go of this french fry will cause it to drop to the floor or rise to the ceiling or perhaps turn into claws and scratch your face open. Oh, no. It actually falls in case you were wondering science-wise. So why do organizations like the CDC still insist on screaming at us to limit our salt intake? The CDC recommends that the average person should consume no more than 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day, which would be the equivalent of, what, one, one teaspoon. There you go, one teaspoon of salt. However, if you're old or have high blood pressure, diabetes, kidney failure, or are African-American, you should consume only 1,500 milligrams of sodium per day, about three-quarters of a standard, uh, a standard teaspoon. But that's kind of creepy, though. They're doing, like, different standards for African-Americans. That's racist. I thought we were beyond this as a society. 1,500 milligrams of salt sort of looks like that. Uh, and if you notice, the salt is white, which is also racist. The racism continues. So how do we get these standards, and how do we get them started? From the New York Times, although the advice to restrict sodium to 1,500 milligrams a day has been enshrined in dietary guidelines, it never came from research on health outcomes, Dr. Strom said. 
We'll get back to this Dr. Strom guy here in a second. Instead, it is the lowest sodium consumption can go. If a person eats enough food to get sufficient calories and nutrients to live on, as far as the 2300 milligram level, that was the highest sodium levels could go before blood pressure began inching up. So consuming more than 1500 milligrams of sodium a day is really just a good indicator that you're alive. If you're watching this right now, you've consumed more than three quarters of a teaspoon of sodium today. Congratulations. The CDC would probably shun you, though. They believe that nearly everyone benefits from reduced sodium consumption. But a 2013 study conducted by the Institute of Medicine at the behest of the CDC called Sodium Intake in Populations Assessment of the Evidence, written by our good buddy, Dr. Strom, found that there was insufficient evidence that salt intake at the recommended levels provides any benefit to the U.S. population. But remember, the, US, uh, the Center for Science in the Public Interest said that consuming 4,000 milligrams of sodium, which is what, two, two big teaspoons a day, that's it for an entire day. They said that was really unhealthy, remember? Yeah, that's probably totally wrong, too. A new study from the University of California found that people have a pretty predictable sodium intake that ranges from approximately 2,600 milligrams to 4,800 milligrams per day, and that this range has remained constant for the last 50 years, despite decades of organizations yelling at us to throw away the table salt. Why hasn't the anti-salt jihad been successful? The study's lead author states, our data clearly demonstrate that human sodium intake is regulated within a relatively narrow normal range that is defined by the body's physio physiology and biological need rather than by the food supply. Even the studies that created the anti-salt movement were far from convincing. One showed that high salt intake made rats develop hypertension. The only minor issue with that one is that the rats were fed 60 times more salt than the average American consumes. So unless your typical dinner is, you know, like chips, salt and vinegar chips, you know, some popcorn, maybe some extra salt on the popcorn, just a little bit, just a dab, I'll get some on the salt on the chips too, and maybe a little tiny bit on the fries. Oh, uh, salted caramel ice cream, that's always pretty tasty. Mm-hmm. Make a little bit on there, and then you get a glass of... Yeah, salt water. Like a little extra in mine. And of course, a side of salt. Unless that's your typical meal, you probably don't have too much to worry about. So don't worry, America. Go ahead and have your yummy salt. Glenn Beck may be saving kids on the border, but I just saved you from another tasteless meal. Who's the real humanitarian here? So to review, restricting your salt intake below 1,500 milligrams will not improve your health. In fact, most likely, it might actually hurt you. Sodium consumption is more about physiological needs and not about dietary decisions. And before you ingest 60 times the average amount of salt, you should probably just go ahead and try cocaine first. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. You know, it's good if you kind of... One, this is a trick for you guys at home. If you have a little bit of extra ice cream and you're not sure what to do with it, now you've got a popcorn ball. See, this is a fun trick too. Watch. This is a parfait I've been working on. Just kind of get that in there like that. And you're just going to do a little mashing. Okay. It's going to get a little cold here. That's okay. 
Get the popcorn working together. Taste some salt and vinegar chips. Coating on top. A French fry hat, like that. Coat the whole thing in salt. Add one cup of salt water. Mmm. And enjoy. That's surprisingly salty. I guess it was baseball, but I really haven't been paying much attention. Uh, stinking Astros have been really horrifically bad for so long that yeah. I kind of lost yeah, interest. Not, uh, most teams aren't really paying attention. I mean, with the, obviously the Blue Jays being undefeated, I think most teams are just <laughs> kind of ceding at this point the territory of they're the World the, Series. They're on the hunt, them. right? What's that? They're on the hunt. They're on the hunt. Well, I mean, the, if, you project, all, if you take the Al Gore projection techniques mm -hmm. and look at the whole season, they'd go 162-0. That would be. I think that would be unprecedented. It would be unprecedented winning. in baseball history. Mm -hmm. Global winning. Uh, we thought we'd take a look at uh, what's in a nickname. The origins of some of the uh, Major League Baseball team nicknames, like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, I, I'm, you know, maybe you can figure it out. Like, are there snakes in Arizona? <laughs> right, but they had. What were the, the choices? Were Coyotes, Diamondbacks, Phoenix. Uh -huh. it could have been Arizona Phoenix. Could have been. Rattlers yeah. and Scorpions. Uh, and they went with Diamondbacks. I don't oh, know. Wow. That's right. genius. That's yeah. Okay. Uh, Chicago White Sox in 1900. Uh, Kaminsky, uh, Kaminsky Park. Uh, Kaminsky? <laughs> no, it's Kaminsky. Yeah, it is. Kaminsky. I, I, I know. I love, believe me, I know one of the biggest friends right. of these guys. And right. He calls oh, Barack, Kaminsky. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's actually <laughs> starting now getting to my head of like, it's actually the way I think it is. I know. I've heard Kaminsky so many times from that stupid Obama clip. Uh, Charles Kaminsky moved the St. Paul Saints to the south side of Chicago. The team adopted the former nickname of its future rivals, the Cubs, and became the White Stockings which was shortened to White Sox a few years uh, after the league, uh, they joined the American League in 1901. And, of course, for the Astros, who were originally the Colt 45s, uh, but the team president made a change, keeping with the times, uh, citing Houston's status as the space-age capital of the world. So we went with Astros, you know, short for Astros. That's funny. I think, I think there's time for another... Uh timeliness change for that name if that's yeah. what you're, if that's the premise yeah. colt 45s they, they've they've hung around a lot better than i think the astros just like <laughs> astros seems like so date all i think about is that, like their colors that like sort of orangey red color yeah, and the astrodome and like i just think of it seems so dated um new york yankees were the baltimore orioles which i did not know they moved to new york became the highlanders uh and then uh they were changed i guess they everyone like if you were in the American League, you were known as the New New York Americans. Every team was like that, like, and then they just decided to shorten that to the Yankees instead of the Americans for whatever reason. So mm. New York freaking Yankees, who are still the enemy. All right. And also 0 and 1 because they were defeated by the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday at mm. the last final 60. Right. Wow. <laughs>